lot of value in wrestlers that bring performance to it as well. They're all the guys I find the most intriguing. Like that, yeah. it's not just about like being hard hitting or whatever, but there's a level of performance <clears throat> and uniqueness to it. Bring their own flavor. Of that whatever. might be the key, the uniqueness. Where it's like you see a lot of like, I mean, the the very fact that he is a Japanese man masquerading as a Mexican luchador <laughs> is in itself unique, right? Yeah. And trying to sell the fact that he's he's actually this character when everyone knows he was a young boy there, like it's a it's unique in that way. But his ability, like the whole story of him with Hiromu being, you know, you've donned the mask and you're this guy, and that that famous match they had, you know, probably and I would I would honestly say probably my favorite New Japan match I've ever seen was their best Super Juniors final. That's and a big role. I loved it. I just, it was during the pandemic. It was very, it was, wasn't a great time. And those two got the crowd cheering. Um, and when he, it was the one where it's for anyone that's seen it, they know it as the, the match where Despy took his mask off. Yeah. And it's the pop that he gets the, the just absurdity and the unfair nature of how handsome the man is. Yeah. It's like, God damn it. Like what is up with mask wrestlers and being so handsome? Like maybe Sonata needs to chuck a mask on. He might get over but the the key of like of that moment of that story being that oh Despi's um is like you need to tell, show me the real you and not this character and then realizing that there's they're one and the same was this really and recognizing that you have become this guy and, and I need to respect that I actually saw someone that wrote a really interesting piece about it in relation to um like the experience of um, trans individuals and how affirming this actual storyline was for them in terms of people being able to recognize new identities as an affirmation of themselves. That's why I like um, engaging with a large, you know, cross section of fans. Cause you get so many different, you know, appreciations of that thing. So Despy's over because of that in a lot of respects, he's this like icon in a bunch of different communities. And so uh, you put him in there with Mox, who's also an icon in a bunch of different communities for, for mm-hmm. varying reasons. Uh, namely his, uh, fuck it attitude I think we'll just do it live uh, and I think that those two have this had tremendous chemistry and the story of the match and the like we talked about it now now a now famed blackout episode uh, which will never make it to air and it's very sad and the people that are listening that follow on Twitter know that it was it was done um, but that story of like of those two guys that are going in there for an intent to try to get over one guy like Mox doesn't have to get over any, he doesn't get over, he's over as Rover. Mm. But like to try to elevate Despy, I just thought was a really, you know, a really great performance from, from Moxley in that setting, because ultimately he's, everyone knows he was going to win. <laughs> like you just go yeah. in there knowing like there is literally no chance on earth, like that Despy, a junior is beating Moxley. Uh, mm. Who's one of the most protected guys in New Japan. So you're like, well, what's the point of it? Well, it's we got to develop a, another edge to to Despy, and I think that that's what you know they did. You know, the, whether it's the roses spot, you know, like that that whole callback to his his return from excursion and seeing it again, it's almost like, well, are we seeing the next you know the next version of Des- El Desperado to the just just I mean, you have to see it to believe it. Some of the spots that they decided to do, the can spot was just. Ah. Fucking brutal. Like, what are you doing, Despy? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I mean, it was great. The, the day before, we tweeted out a photo of him at Home Depot. And I was like, what is Despy up to? 
He was like, look at all these options. I was like, it's like, it's America, Despy does America. And it was like, so he, he brought a bunch of barbed wire, a bunch of cut in half cans. Uh, you know, the, the the guitar shot is one of the all-time great guitar shots. Some some lucky fan took home a souvenir of half the guitar. Uh, you know, it was it was something, yeah, it was something else. And I I just love the simplicity of the storytelling. And I think that, you know, a death match can scare a lot of people off. And I understand people can be queasy. And when someone brings out the fucking skewers and starts sticking them in someone's head, I think people can go like, yeah, that might be enough for me. I might check out now. And that's fine. It got it got far more depraved post that. Um, but I as I said, I really just like the 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 thought and the and the care that went into it. Um, and I think Moxley has continues to prove his worth in a new Japan context. It's his best presentation for me by a mile. And he continues to demonstrate how much he cares about the, the product by willingly going in there and working with a guy who, you know, for all intents and purposes, isn't necessarily um, positioned at his level at a heavyweight level. But it's like, when it comes to deathmatch wrestling, I respect you because, you know, you're willing to go in there with Jun Kasai. So, well, who am I, you know? So I, I really liked it. So we've yeah, said we've had we've said this so 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 many times. New Japan marks versus AEW marks, whatever you want to call him, night and day. Two very, 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 very different people. Um I think they're the same person. I think one's just turned up to 47, you know. I just I, I see two different people basically. I mean that's but that's just how I see it. I mean, like it's one of those things where it's like with Mox, I would love to see in New Japan. I'd love to see him back in the G1 for, mm-hmm. for starters. I'd love to see that. Like, I don't think Mox is the kind of guy that you know he has to win the New Japan title to for any reason. It'd be cool to see him win it, but I don't think he like you know something like the G1. If he won the G1, that would be fucking cool. That would be really really cool to see him actually go through and do that because that that time he was in the g1 during japan that was that was probably one of my favorite g1s full stop and you know i think also too adding the fact that mox was just like you know uber on fire the guy couldn't do anything wrong at that time as well makes you wonder why um there are two presentations of him as a character like him as the death rider and then him as aw mox with wild thing music and all that sort of stuff. Like I'm curious why he like allows that. I mean, I don't, I, like I said, I don't see it as too appreciably different. Like I understand, like it's just a very formulaic verse. It's like, okay, this is the, the base structure. And then we're going to have all these extra flourishes. And I think in AEW, it's just, you never get past the base. You know, you just sort of stay within your lane there. Um, and I think maybe there's there's something about the difference in terms of the intent of that company versus another one. Like ultimately, they're trying to be as big a Western wrestling promotion as they can be. And that's going to require some level of um, restraint, I think, in a lot of respects in terms of crafting characters that they believe are more, uh, they cross over more segments literally in terms of the way they do that. And that's right or wrong. I think they just don't want like box is bleeding enough every week and that's people are complaining about that. So mm. any, any further uh, exploration or, or 
building of the character. I just think he can't really go much further. Like what they, you know what I mean? Like in the current structure that they have, I don't really know if they can build him any further to get to where he is relative in, in new Japan other than letting him do that. And then if they do that, I just don't think that that's like anything like Jericho in, in Japan versus in AW, like he can't, it's a conscious decision to be this character. Like he's, if he goes to Japan, he's not being a wizard. It's almost like, it's almost like the two of them have like their day job is AEW. And then the weekend fun job is like all the, like particularly mocks, all the shit he does outside. It's great. Like, yeah. I get to go crazy and do loopy shit. That's heaps of fun. And then, yeah, that's my baseline check. And I go there and I just, you know, his bare minimum is still like pretty great, I guess. And it's, and it's obviously better and more fulfilling and more than it is than working in any, in the other company, obviously. Yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. Particularly given his experience towards the end there <clears throat> and how he feels about it. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he'll be going back, but, um, no. And when I mean, if he did, then he wouldn't get to do his weekend excursions to GCW and all these other places. And yeah. like he's wrestling Effie next. I think that's that's super cool. That's and super fun. It'll be, that's be interesting to see like what I mean. If he's done this, I haven't seen it yet. He does this cool stuff with um, Deathmatch Despy. Like, what's what's the idea that he's going to do with Effie? That's going to get someone cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> so that that'd be cool. Um, yeah, I think, well, it, it sort of leads us in. We might as well ask the question from uh, Charlene uh, at Mox Crew 2021. I wonder what Charlene's interested in talking about. Uh, <laughs> obviously a fan and, and how can you not be? Uh, nonetheless, uh, uh, Charlene asks, what's next for Mox in New Japan Pro Wrestling after his hard-earned victory over El Desperado? Thank you, Charlene, for the question and thank you for framing it as hard-earned over our lovable Boy, eldest brother, he made Mox work. Yeah, pretty much. You can't really see Mox having the title because that means he'd have to probably commit more. And I mean, I can see him winning the big one. I mean, definitely. I mean, but at the same time, I couldn't see him do that. I mean, it all depends on it all depends on uh, what's going on in AEW at the time too. They so. very rarely, New Japan very rarely gives that top title to someone that isn't un, under lock and key. Mm. Like it's like a Bush had to sign a contract for he finally got a push. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's the reality. So I, I, I mean, but he like that U S belt, that was his sort of thing. And I mean, I don't know. I honestly don't know what his, what his role in, in New Japan is. Cause it feels like, the way it is, it's like AEW schedule. He's on such a rigid schedule there that he, it's really hard for him to have special event matches. That's always what made Jericho stuff better. Anyway, was the fact that he wasn't there all the time. Yeah, and mm. Mox's thing is the boogeyman of New Japan Pro Wrestling. That that sort of gimmick of like I I pick and choose who I want to fight, and if you think you're safe, you're not. Like I think that's a that's an easy gimmick to play, and he just picks and chooses his spots. Okay, like one night, you know we could be at the G1 final night and they could be doing a thing and Mox turns up and challenges a guy and that's all you need. You don't need anything more than that. Yeah. Um, now Jericho made a whole two and a half year story of just, you know, send it in either video promos whilst on a bike next to a turtle, you know, like you don't need to be, um, but I honestly, I think the story has always been him being paired up with Suzuki Gun, And I think that's, that's, I don't know. I mean, yes. 
in my heart of hearts, him versus Tai Chi is the dream match. I think that would be, I mean, there's story there, right? Like they, that was his first uh, G1 match was against Tai Chi. Yep. He put Tai Chi through a table. Like Tai Chi would want revenge. Well, and also too, don't forget Yano. <laughs> Mox and Yano. Yeah, was, yeah, was Yano one. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I honestly don't know. I just think, the positive is uh, the my big takeaway is I just like the fact that I know that Mox will be doing something in New Japan and mm-hmm. whatever it will be will be will be interesting because like this year he's had that that four way match he's had this this death match like he picks and chooses his matches and they almost always are you know special events and they're interesting. Um, it's a shame that you know New Japan of the USA doesn't sort of have the same cachet. And I just want to see him back in that environment. And I think maybe those guys, it's a, it's a struggle to, to sign up and go back to a clap crowd when they know. Yeah, I think know. that'll be the key is like once it's no longer clap cloud, crowds and they can get full, like fill the Japanese arenas again, then there'll be more likelihood of seeing them back. Yeah, I think we had a, we had a question of that from a new, another new question. Uh, Rick Othen, Othen? O-T-H-E-N? Othen? I think I think it's Otten. Otten? Rick Otten? Othen? Let us know, Rick. Uh, <laughs> it's Othen, you dickheads. <laughs> yeah, he can, yeah, he'll let us know. Uh, at Rick Othen22, he said, do we know when crowds can be vocal again? It's a yes. legit direct question, and yes, we do. Yes. Uh, which we do, Rick. Uh, fans will be able to cheer again. So New Japan's announced a, a 50% capacity at Corican Hall post-G1, September 5th and September 6th. So it'll be the first time that crowds will be uh, allowed to cheer for those particular those particular shows, September 5th and September 6th. Because in Japan, you can't have cheering crowds with a capacity over 50%. So if you're going to have cheering crowds, you can't have a crowd, you can't have anything more than a, a half full arena. Mm. So that's why they obviously didn't pick it for the G1 because they need to make up the money by filling yeah. the house as best they can. You see, Rick, you want to be listening to Josh on this one because uh, I said it was going to be the final of the Super Juniors. Then I believe every single event after that, I kept saying that they're going to be cheering after that. So listen to Josh on this one because I'm literally going to say it's going to be the next episode of G1. Okay. Well, it won't. That's the official, literally they've announced it. There's an official word. It's happening September 5th, September 6th. And I've told you every time, It's you just got to prepare for patience. It's like they can't. People complain about New Japan, like they can't force the government to change policy. So like, unless you want, New Japan's made a conscious decision that they they shut down for periods of months during the COVID height. You know, Japan's having another wave going through again. And ultimately they need to try to re- recoup revenue and they're going to have to prioritize ticket sales over live experience. And to be fair, you wonder how many fans are actually comfortable with cheering crowds. You know, it's a different position. It's it's like that's anyone trying to transpose an understanding of the crowd dynamics and and uh, hesitancy in regards to large gatherings in Japan is just talking out of their ass unless they live there. So they're a different. It's a different culture of people too. They're much more polite when it comes to that sort of stuff, and they, I mean, have a have a history of wearing masks anyway. Mm. Um, and then in the middle of a pandemic rather than piss anyone off you know there's signs in the streets about being kind of being happy and being aware of your fellow man so you know 
if there's crowds and that sort of thing, there's going to be hesitation about doing the wrong thing mm -hmm. regardless. So even when they can cheer, they'll be cheering, but they'll be, they'll be, they'll be hyper-conscious of how, how much they're cheering and how much they're spitting on the person next to them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just a, it's a different, it's a, it's a different approach. And I, I think to some extent, I think, or at least for me, like maybe it's just I'm 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 just accustomed to it. But I do think to some extent the cheering crowds and stuff is somewhat overhyped in terms of um, your viewing experience on television. Understandably, I think for the wrestlers, it's a very different experience and much more difficult. But after a couple of nights, it's like it just becomes like okay, it's just that's what it is. Like it is what it is, and people will clap when they're in, like engaged, and people will still make audible Don't like your feet like against. Like Masawa versus Kawada, they just fuck stomp their feet. And you'll know when something's getting over because the crowd will lift. You can hear it. It's just mm. like I said, I actually think it's a it's a great indicator now of who's the really who's over and who's able to capture them because when they forget something or when they make an audible noise, like we heard uh particularly what we heard Finley and Osprey, when they make an mm. audible like a gasp, that's a sign that we got them, you know, and I think that because they, they know they can't they're not allowed to when you get them to do something they're not allowed to do yeah. just from reaction from human reaction then that's a really good indicator of more than just someone starting yelling this is awesome or someone yelling you've still got it or something like mm. that's like that's like pavlovian you know in that sense as opposed to these are actual human reactions you know so i've i've found it to be nothing i haven't found it to be all that difficult to um to get along with but i understand people that are coming from these you know, western hot aw crowds whatever and it's like oh there's no atmosphere it's like it's a different atmosphere you know it's a, it's a different atmosphere anyway it's that you don't get like the the three brain cell fucking chance that you get <laughs> western audiences like no you get the three brain cells in the ring when sonata's hanging out <laughs> but no it's it's totally different so the question from miss doom uh our uh, was it our young boy? What, what, what's the what's the gimmick, Red? Uh, the Southern Thirst. Okay, the Southern Thirst. You said it, not me. Uh, at Miss Doom, uh, asked a question uh, off the back of our discussion we just had regarding Mox and Despy at uh, Music City Mayhem. The other sort of main match on that was uh, Alex Shelley versus Kashida. They went to a 20-minute draw, Hanger. and she asked... Do you think Alex Shelley will be more active in New Japan with Kushida back? I think this probably is going to be more up your wheelhouse, Josh, to be able to sort of like answer this one. Okay. I would like to see more Alex Shelley everywhere. I'm a big, big, big fan of his. So, yeah, I mean, I hope so. But I don't really know much about what Alex Shelley's deals are right now. So, well, he works at Impact. He's also, he's a, uh, like he's got his own, he's a physiotherapist. That was his whole thing. He left wrestling to start his own career and do that. And, and he sort of didn't want to come back to wrestling, he came back during the pandemic as sort of like a, I think it's a sort of scratch an itch perhaps, or try to, I think he was sort of, I watched a really good documentary on him on IWTV where it's this, they do this uh, life of a pro wrestler, which I highly recommend. And it's just a wrestler grabs a GoPro and they just fought, like film themselves for, you know, a week or two weeks or, and he, he did three parts. He was like a month. And they just follow themselves around and talk about what they're doing. And it, it was, you could sense there was a bit of like resentment around how he had sort of a lot of his peers had sort of gone on to become these sort of big stars and he sort of hadn't. And 
for one reason or another, you know, un, you know, bad luck or miss, you know, just bad timing or whatever. But there was a recognition of him being this really influential, you know, guy, super influential um, wrestler. And so he sort of like he wanted to come back and work the independence when because obviously after AEW, uh, there was a real dearth in the independence in terms of the top end talent for people could learn from. I listened to Garcia, Daniel Garcia, talk about it on I think it was Talk is Jericho. He was like, he's like, oh. Um, when we were coming up, it was like him and Yuta and Clef, Kevin Blackwood. And they're like, we didn't have older guys to work with. We had to work with each other. Like that was the way that we got better was we just wrestled each other constantly in different towns, like Moriarty as well. And I think that uh, Shelley sort of saw an opportunity to come back and sort of present. And he became the IWD TV champ and he was sort of the top independent guy. And it was a way of giving back to this next generation. You know, it's no, it's no surprise that Lee Moriarty's does the, his finishes the, uh, the border city stretch, which is uh, Shelley's move that he was sort of got from their matches. So he saw me sort of come in and done that and pass that down, but it's all, I feel like there might be a bit of an itch that he's got to, to want to have one last sort of attempt at, at a run in, in new Japan pro wrestling. He talks about it with such reverence. He's one of he's like he's super influential. If you're a fan of modern New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you're a fan of Jay White, then you owe Alex Shelley a great like a a, a debt of gratitude because the man is. What's his character? Because I could never really kind of like always found him a bit dry. Yeah, he's not. He hasn't really got a character. That was kind of his thing. He's like just a wrestler who's mm-hmm. like a punk fan of punk music. That's kind of it. And for people that like, I know Dave, like you're a you know character is such an important and integral part he that's perhaps an example of why it's he's sort of struggled to connect um he works in he works in new japan i think in in front of japanese audience primarily because of one he's you know you know how important it is in japan to just if you're a good worker you're about 90 percent of the way there um and he's he's an excellent worker i think he's also he looks different and when he's with kushida He's a great he's a great hot tag because of the diversity of their offense because Kashida is such a ground based guy, mm. and Shelley's so innovative. Like that's really what Shelley's whole thing is. He's just innovative. He does interesting different things. But so kind of like Kenta sort of thing, where he's like making up a heap of shit and then people steal his stuff. Kind of like that. But his his stuff was more making up double teams. Like him and the like the Motor City Machine Guns. Like they did a bunch of stuff that no one had ever seen before, and now everyone does as tag team moves. Okay. Um, and like he's and he also like i said like jay white's finisher the blade runner is yeah that's that. that's his move um and I, but he passes that stuff down i i i think he's great in terms of his like in ring stuff and i think he's really captivating as an individual it's just a matter of him perhaps the key for him to get over to that next level is just combining the two and figuring out exactly like he's he's an he's a likable dude and as a baby face, I think in I think on the independence, I think because people are so more personable, I think it's more uh, intimate. Ultimately, guys can get over as sympathetic baby faces just if they're nice, like if they're a yeah. nice guy, not for a character presentation or anything. Just that, oh, that guy's really nice. I met him at a meet and greet. He's really nice, uh, which is what everyone says about Alex Shelley. And it's so funny that like he Jay White spent two years at his house, and it's like you kind of wonder, like Jay White plays his character who's you know this dick or whatever but it's like yeah but it's like he's the opposite of that but i imagine that him and alex were you know i you only imagine the level of knowledge that jay got and at being in the dojo and then spending two years 
under the learning tree of Alex Shelley, it, it would, you know, it's, it's probably his rapid development is, is I think in large part due to those influences. So, mm. and I do think there is a story to be told there with Alex Shelley, you know, potentially um, being able to tell that and maybe not in Japan, but definitely in America where they can, they can, there's more juice to be squeezed from that. I think in terms of, yeah. uh, you know, master and apprentice, I think that's yeah. such a simple story and i think it would do wonders for alex shelley's career you know legacy yeah and he's at he's, he's in a position where he hasn't got much you know he's got much time left so he's basically like obi-wan kenobi at the moment going around teaching all the youngies on the indie scenes while darth vader's ruling new japan <laughs> yeah, that is literally <laughs> it that is that is basically it and he and in his mind he thinks what have i done wrong like where did i what <laughs> what did i am i the reason you went this way yeah uh, what, he's yeah. seeking that affirmation that no no i was always even even obi-wan went in hiding for a while and then had to come back to so we're saying obi-wan kenobi was a physio is that what happened is it- <laughs> I'm obi-wan kenobi they may have like stolen the story <laughs> yes of <laughs> alex shelley <laughs> Yeah, it, it's poetry, Dave. It rhymes. Does that does that make Tai Chi Han Solo? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Good stuff. So the answer is, I think we will. I think the way that match ended with it being a, a draw, I think the story of Kashida calling Alex Shelley out to light a fire under him, I think that whole thing is to set up a, a Time Splitters reunion, and I, I think that that's that's a good story for Kashida to get back into. It, it has so many has so much potential to go in different ways. Um, you know, if Kushida was going to turn heel, maybe turning heel and joining Jay White would be a really would be an interesting way to do it. There's a bunch of different angles they could go. If Kushida doesn't want to turn heel, that's okay. He'll just keep churning over merch money. That's fine. But I just think that's a good entry point. If Kushida's not going for that 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 junior belt, then the uh, junior also, tag belt like would make sense. I mean, Kushida's not getting any younger. No. And you could probably if. You know, he probably ease up on the style if, as a in a heel turn, he wouldn't yeah. have to do so many spots. Yeah, go just no more, no more handspring flips. Just go straight into grapples. Just, just tear yeah. limbs. Because that's, I mean, that's really Kashida's sort of in a lot of respects. Like, not to get it, you know, I love Kashida, but he's he's a guy that has never really figured out a way to blend character with work like it's ultimately i'm marty mcfly now i'm gonna fucking shoot on you (laughs) it's such an odd it's an odd combination it's just a guy that likes back to the future and is a fucking shooter like it's yeah um when he was younger he was a bit more explosive and that was kind of interesting and he obviously took a lot of liger's stuff yeah um but yeah i don't necessarily think um that that has been a a, a, as clear a, a can, you know, character to wrestling style. Maybe he could become Biff. And go- <laughs> <laughs> now that's the key. Like, imagine if he—that's—that would be awesome, right? Like, he just starts yeah. identifying and adopting other characters. He just becomes the bully. Yeah. Yes. He becomes Biff. Gets fat and wears it. Fucking like you know, like um, when Biff has money. Yeah. He becomes Trump Biff. Now yeah, he learned something whilst in he learned something whilst in uh, America, and he comes back. Oh, that's the key. Yes, do it. And he just carries around the almanac and he knows exactly what someone's about to try and do to him. And he yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just reading it on the way to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what you're going to do. Yeah, this is that. It's book it. Well, yeah. I mean, well, get it. us in there. The official needs to book us. 
And now, Subway, delivered by Uber, presents the Stiff One 2022. Expect us to be rock hard. Hence, we are now going to be discussing past tense because we are, we work stiff and we're covering the G1, which is available on NJPW. What's that stand for? New Japan World. And it <laughs> is the Ravishing Red Rude. I am joined over yonder by the Tokemore pimp himself, Dr. Dave Pruden. Hail. And it is the man making the magic happen. It is the chocolate mouse himself, the king of dork style. There's no stall involved. The bente of hente, Julius Josh Crichton. This is a character assassination. Uh, I believe we do have socials that people can reach us out on. Josh, how can people reach us? Funny, is that... I like how you just you make that seem like it was a segue there's no there was no segue in that you're like how can people like uh, i'll make it around uh, they can find us on twitter ed at we work stiff at we work stiff on twitter uh come along join the virality that is my tweets they're starting to pop off left oh, and man. right uh i think it's funny when people start to hopefully we'll we'll grow a bit of a a bit of a uh a, become somewhat recognized but none of it translates to listeners really i don't think dave's I, dave's tweeting now too yeah he is yeah he is uh, i think i've done three tweets yeah some, yeah and that's a big step for dave so yeah. I, I wonder oh. if, if people have caught on that it's me tweeting <laughs> your burner other burner account yeah 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 i don't i don't know red i don't know so how are we doing in the standings of the g1 right now am i winning yet <laughs> Yes, Red, you actually are. Oh, uh, I like how you asked that like you didn't know the answer. I had to update the standings, obviously, thanks to the blackout. Uh, I think I've got this right. Uh, in first place currently, currently, the happy lunch lads with 32 points, Red. Um, some really strong performances. You're fortunate enough to have both Okada and shock horror, David Finley, who is leading your team uh quite well uh expect him uh, expect the happy lunch lads the uh coming in second at the moment with 26 points is dave's see you next tuesday club uh currently being led by his boy jay white uh ably supported by uh, tamatonga so the b block is dragging dave to second place and dragging beautifully up the rear uh, <laughs> is my team, Josh's uh, meat raffle. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have 22 points uh, and I am being led by a tri triumvirate of Cobb, Jonah and Osprey. Uh, my guys are performing well. I've got a lot of the good guys are doing sort of good stuff, but they're just not winning very many matches. Yeah. You said uh, Cobb would get your points. You said Cobb would get your points. Yeah. I That was about the only... But when this was being drafted, there was not a lot of intent around like um, guys that I necessarily thought would 
we'd win a lot of matches. It was just the guys I was keen to keen to follow. Mm. Well, that's 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 good. That's the those things out of the way. Mm. Congratulations, Red. You're you're leading the way. Great stuff. A lot of your guys are doing some great things. I think everyone's got at least one or two guys in their team that have really been yeah. impressive. So with that said, yeah, some fun, some fun follows and oh, uh, for sure, yeah. for sure, which I'm excited to get in and talk to you guys about. Yeah, we've had a bunch of shows actually this week. We've had four, I think, four shows this past yeah. week. Um, who has been your most impressive boy? Who would like to go first? With that? Fucking Finley. <laughs> yep, don't at me, son. But I mean, I mean, I got to see Great Khan. You did. I did. Yes. Was he that impressive though, Rich? <laughs> I know, I know. No, look, I I really wanted it to be Great Khan, but Finley just really from his match with Juice, uh, then his most recent one. I just thought Finley, I'll go into it more later on, but yeah, Finley 100 percent is my most impressive guy because he, he's you know. I, I just think that there's a lot of guys out there who have already, even Hanare, there's a few guys who are just like showing more, more to themselves. And I think Finley is definitely heading in the right direction. Uh, but for me personally, my most impressive boy, he, he's just blown me away. His matches have been absolutely fucking tits. Yep. Um, this is going to be, I'm guessing, I'm guessing by what you just teased, I'm guessing this is going to be a Finley heavy show because I'm with you, Red. He has been the standout, I think, of the tournament thus far. Mm. I think the story of him, the way he's worked, uh, I think he has been in- actually incredible. I think the D block I list, I was listening to, um, I was listening to the Akata Shorts podcast. Shout out to those guys, and they mentioned that you know each block had sort of had themes, you know, and they sort of we talked about it early, you know, when we're doing our preview. Were like A blocks, you know, the monster block and B blocks, like the the J's being chased sort of block, and C blocks are like the the established New Japan big boys block, like uh, and D block was like what's D block, and they're like oh D blocks like the work rate block, like there was going to be the block where there was like the the big, you know, eye catching sort of matches, mm-hmm. and it kind of like and ironically that's also included like Yoshihashi as well being involved in the work rate matches. He's been great. Do not knock him. He's no, no, that's yeah, what I'm no. saying. Yeah, I'm been. saying that's the thing, like, but Finley, it's not just Finley in terms of his performance. It's like he's been given the ball. Yeah. Like he has been given it and he's done, he's done so well with it, but I have been blown away and New Japan is so patterned. It is. It's like, and it's, it's the biggest thing that will be a detriment and people will talk badly, you know, speak badly about it. And I understand that, you know, they have their conservative booking approaches and they do the things the way they do. And, you know, you can sort of see directions and you can sort of, if you, if you watch it enough, you pretty much can predict where a lot of things are going and that has its downsides. But when they are able to throw a curveball, when they're able to put a surprise in there, it can become truly shocking. And Finley's run is truly shocking. Like it's come from nowhere mm. and the best part about it is he has is it's completely justified. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's not like they're pushing a commodity that you're like, what are they doing here? It's not worth not like they're pushing Udro. It's they they've pushed this guy. They've he's he's 29 years old. Yeah. And yeah. he's been in this thing for a while. And everyone thinks like he's been here for six years, seven years waiting for his opportunity. And it's like, but he's still 29. So yeah. 
it's he's coming into his prime years and it's like he has to put it into context and we'll get into it i'm sure as we go along but to put it into context he has beaten juice okay former us champ that's a pretty high level but then he beat shingo and will osprey yeah they're the they're two of the there's only been five world heavyweight champions in new japan he beat 40 percent of them hmm. and that he beat is Jay white in the um new japan cup earlier in the year yeah or early last yeah last, last year. year yeah but that's what i'm saying like before so there's a concerted push happening with this man i didn't see this level of push i must admit like i don't think i could predict that that was what was going to happen i did i think in a lot of cases a lot of people would have seen him as a bit of an afterthought 100 mm, percent. yeah well when when carl fredericks was kicking up a stink everyone thought that finley was the guy that took his spot yeah so that's how that's how that's the position that people were looking at finley literally man number 28 in the tournament yeah, and we always we were talking about it. Like he's, it's not like he's not had the talent, because you know, in even four years ago or whatever, he was having great matches. Bef- even before Finjuice was a thing, and he was on a bit of he was in New Japan pretty regularly doing different matches, and uh, yeah, he was good to watch. But he just what he is now, the improvement is, is noticeable, and. It, it's a stark contrast, the man he is now to the man he was four years ago as a wrestler. It's a stark contrast to the man he was six months ago. Yeah. It's come from, it's just he's transformed himself. It's it, stunning. It, it kind of reminds me a bit of like, remember when Hangman, like he was on his rise and then they gave him the brand new theme song that he had, the one that he currently has right now. And instantly we're like, that guy's a main eventer. I just think that Finley has something about him that I really, really enjoy. And I think his, his, his match that um, he had with Juice particularly, they really told a perfect story in that match. Uh, I just have been, I didn't, I didn't expect to enjoy Finley this much. You know what I mean? Like his matches. I think, are- I think that's the big thing. I don't think anyone expected that. I think people will maybe like, oh, he'll get a few wins, but to in, be enjoying him to this level. I mean, even though he lost to Ujiro in the beginning, fuckery afoot, but but he was, you know, I thought, I remember when we were watching it, I'm like, oh, I like that match. You were like, I didn't. <laughs> but that was just the participation of Uj. But yeah. I was like, oh, Finley's looking good. And then, and then yeah, and then the juice match was just like, that's, the match i want to talk about but yeah oh yeah i'm i'm keen to, to jump into those ones i i, I will also let you know like we, we're letting we're going to brett's rope i'm letting you know that i'm also going to be talking about a finley match i understand how everyone watches g1s for lots of different reasons and they like i know that a majority of the internet wrestling fan sort of uh community that their thing is g1's seen as like the height of professional wrestling in terms of in-ring matches and that's what people will look for they, they they're seeking that type of thing and when they don't get what they used to get in 2017 or 2018, they view a G1 as being a, just a, a complete bust and like, oh, it's shit now. Who would watch this? You know, bowler. And that's fine. But if you're a New Japan fan, the benefit of a G1 is exactly what we're seeing with a couple of guys. Mm. Um, Hanare is another one, but a couple of guys where New Japan has made a, I'm so excited about what it pretends for the future because it ultimately is suggesting that there's, there's a change coming. There's some things in the work. There is, momentum that they have made a conscious decision to elevate 
like four guys or five guys that they've said, you guys are going to be our projects through this G1 and we're going to put everything we can behind you in different ways. Like we know Hanare, like Hanare is not winning the G1, but he's been given opportunities to, to work a certain way and get given a massive win over Tanahashi, right? And then being able to be given these spots. And yeah, continually grow after that, even though he's winning, yeah. And even the, even the Yoshihashi thing, like he's he's like a contrast to what he was in that, you know, they and they go on about it in the commentary, oh, the most, you know, this is his losing record and that sort of thing. But he's, and always, it was always like, oh, you know, the kind of, oh, you got to watch a Yoshi match. But now, now it's like there's, his game is intriguing and and compelling to watch him wrestle now. So that's been his elevation. And they've worked at it. It doesn't have to be winning all the time, right, to, to get credibility. Because ultimately, you don't need Yoshashi to win a lot to credit to get credibility because he doesn't, he's not going to be a person that's going to be a push commodity in a singles title thing. That's not who he's going to be. No. But he can still be something interesting and build on his character. And so he's been threat. given. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been given that that opportunity to to get to that position. Uh, obviously, like we said, Hanare, uh, I think El Fantasmo is in the same boat. Mm. And, but it's clear, it's clear midway through this tournament that the biggest focus, the most intense focus has been on David Finley. Mm. And it's, and I know Dave and I, when we were watching it, we just sort of like, whilst we were just picking our jaws off up off the floor after the like what and like as as lance archer is saying wow 47 times <laughs> on commentary uh, he's just he was all of us at that point he was genuinely shocked and it was like but then you start to see then you start to think about it and you're like it makes a lot of sense it just makes so much sense that this guy if you're gonna push someone and you're gonna go all in on someone it's like well your world champions jay white that's your world champion and historically new japan they use their young boy your young lion system and their classes as ways to tell stories they always do it and it's like whoever your generational rival is you know naito and okada and you're able to tell these generational stories because they they they're in the they're in the system together they wrestled each other you know 40 50 60 70 80 times you know like it's we see it already happening out in RevPro with Shooter and uh, Suge. Like those two guys are paired together, and they'll be paired together for the rest of their careers. That's the nature of the system, and it allows you to tell stories that 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 go all the way back to their roots, and that's compelling and engaging. Well, Jay White's generational rival is David Finley. That's the guy he wrestled all the time. Who that was? They were the ones that came up. And so if you've elevated Jay White and done a masterful job of getting him over to a point that he is a credible world champion, he is a top guy in the business. And then you look and you go, well, who's his, who's his classmates in his weight division that we need to get? And his classmates, if we look at Jay White's class, was Jay, Juice, Finley, Yo and Show. That's mm. the class. And Yo and Show are obviously in, in the juniors. And... So it's you, it's Juice and Finley. They're the two guys you gotta we're gonna have to do something with these guys if we're gonna and obviously Juice has been paired up with him. So now we've got that thing happening. But little old Finley's there. And so when you look at him and go, okay, if we're gonna push him up and get him up to that spot, let's do it. Because if it only means more compelling stories for Jay White moving forward, it allows him to have something that he can really 
sink their teeth into. And let's not forget, they're all the same. Like Jay and and Finley are the same age. Like they're young. Mm. So they could be doing this for a decade. And if Finley can get himself there, and I ha- I see no reason why he can't, because when given the opportunity in three very different matches, three very different matches with very different approaches and different ways he went about it, he has gotten himself over to a point now that I think the crowd is with him. And I think the Western audience, it's, he's going to be, he's going to be like the new Tai Chi or something where people just go like Finley mm. and you go, yes, Finley, you have not been watching. If you watch, you will see, yeah. expect him. And I just love, I love how he's inverted that too. You know, like we said, we didn't expect this from Finley. We didn't expect this. Yeah, His catchphrase yeah. is expect me. Like expect me. You you haven't expected this. You didn't expect this. Well, expect me. I just think that's a really good inversion of where he understood where he was, and now he's taking that back. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a follow. It's gonna be massive. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting. It's an interesting um, catchphrase, isn't it? Expect me. It almost implies respect as well, because it's always that's always the saying, isn't it? Like respect me, put respect yeah. in my name, or whatever. But to say expect me. That's almost like I will be there. You know, like like respect, like respect me with a little fuck you <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah. not, for not respecting and expecting yeah. me. Yeah, you yeah. didn't think I'd be here, but I'm here. Yeah. Don't ever make that mistake again. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I mean, like his match with Shingo. Uh, I did not see him getting that win. And when he got no, that, no. he was like, holy shit, like fuck. He just beat Shingo. You know what I mean? Like it had a, a complete wow factor. And I can't really remember was that wasn't the main event, but I remember that was such a cool and shocking moment for me that I don't really remember much about what followed it. Oh, man, I can, I mean, I'm I'm keen to I'm keen to understand all the nuances of this because I think, as I said, about G1s, like ultimately there are little things and I've got little story elements that are that are cool, but like if at the end of a single G1, you can say one guy has been pushed to a spot where he wasn't previously, then that's a great win for the company because they can now they've got a situation where they've elevated one guy. And if they've got a couple of projects that they're working on simultaneously, like for fans that are following it through, you're getting the reward as you continue to follow. If you're just checking in for the G1 because you want to watch good matches, okay, that's fine. But Max is in a vacuum. I've never quite understood the the allure of that. It's like, okay, that's okay. I'll go watch a, a match. But if you want to invest your time, you want to see that there's something that's going to be, there's some forward momentum from that. There's a potential for recouping some of that in terms of something more meaty to be able to you know grab onto than just, mm-hmm. I'm a great worker and I do great things. It's like, what can I, who can I relate to and connect to? And this Finley character, I think is going to get that. And there's so many unknowns about the character, which is why it's such a, a fascinating position he's in right now. You know, like, who is he? Where is he? What is he? What is he doing? Who, like he's, what faction is he in? Why yeah, is he not I'm, working for anyone? What's happening? Tr- yeah. Like it's, it's a hard, <clears throat> it's hard to think to figure out. Cause what was his Debbie Chan? What was that vlog that he did for a while? And it was, yeah. See in the mountains. Him, Juice, and Shooter, like just at Japanese restaurants, traveling around, eating food and Juice being drunk and trying to get Shooter to say swear words. <laughs> that, that was it. And like Finley was editing and hosting and it was entertaining, but he always just kind of seemed like he was dicking around. Mm. And that was almost like a, 
like a part of the presentation of him as a character in Ring as well. Like he was kind of seemed like he was dicking around a bit, but David Finley ain't dicking around anymore. But didn't he? He always sort of felt like he was like he was like the product of peer pressure. Yeah, <laughs> like he was just like oh, okay, like he comes this radical Juice Robinson. They're like, ah. Oh. Well, it, it kind of seemed like he was like, I'm yeah. just happy to be here. Yeah, and almost like the product of the New Japan Dojo was so hard that his his response to that was, I've survived now. I can retire. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I've survived now. I can just, just relax. Get, yeah, pissed and relaxed, and yeah, just do my spots here and there. But yeah, that is that is not the case anymore. No, and it's every part of him. Like speaking of like the you know, I think we. Looking in hindsight, when he wrestled at AEW, that that sort of lead up match, just a exhibition match against Hangman, it was like it was like really good, and he was really aggressive, and I was like he had a good match there, and I was like oh, and because you hadn't seen a lot of him, you're like oh yeah, Finley's capable of having good matches, and I sort of just put it down to oh he's in there with Hangman, you know, like that's you know Hangman has good matches, so he's probably helped you know Finley get to that point, but it's like it's not a fluke, and it's like it's pretty clear like that was a real and and perhaps that was a bit of a show too, like when you think about it in hindsight, like new Japan wanted Finley in that spot mm. against hangman. Right. Like it's kind of interesting. And they went like 15 or 16 minutes. So they went through like, they went, it was a fight. It was a struggle. And I think that there's something to that where it was like, uh, everything in hindsight looks a little different now, now that we realize, Oh, okay. Maybe there's a concerted effort here around this character. Um, so yeah, he I can see why he's been impressive, but he's been a standout so far, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not people's MVP. Cool thing about it is too, like last night we were trying to do a bit of G1 math, which is near impossibility. It makes that D block so messy now, which is oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I don't want to get into it again, but uh the reality is <laughs> have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, I nearly did. I was talking to Chris Charlton about it, thank God, uh, who was able to simplify it. Uh, Debbie's in the you know, he's in Finley's in the best possible position. It's his yeah. block to lose because mm. he's beaten Shingo, he's beaten Juice, he's beaten Will. If they all tie, Finley goes through because he has beaten all of them. There's not a there's not a tie break situation that he can't win. So the only he literally, if he wins one more match, he wins the block. Well then, <clears throat> I guess we can all say that expect a happy lunch. Do we know who he's wrestling? Next? He's wrestling El Fantasmo next. <laughs> Ooh, the great spoiler. Yeah. And finishing off with Yoshihashi. Yeah, that Fantasmo uh, will be interesting. Uh, I'm like, I'm questioning whether there'll be fuckery in that match. Bullet Club protecting Juice. Yeah. And then, I mean, Yoshi could very well spoil the party in the Can last you imagine that? Well. All yeah. of the goodwill that Yoshihashi has derived will be sucked out of the building <laughs> on the final night. <laughs> but he, but Finley is not wrestling on the on the last show, and so a, a lot of people look at that last night as a way to pick the the block winners because you look who's yeah. on that show and you say, okay, well these guys are these are the key, and that last show's got El Fantasmo and Shingo, and it's got Juice and Will. But maybe they've thrown a classic curveball and they're using those two to create feuds that can shoot off into different directions anyway but yeah it's finley's to lose i would i still expect speaking of expect i still expect him to lose his next two matches <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, osprey to come through and win the block um but 
uh, he's gotten a lot out of it thus far, nonetheless. Mm. It's interesting. It's cool. I, I mean, he's just, he's been so ace. Like I remember thinking last night when we were watching that Osprey and Finley match that uh, I was barely watching Osprey. Mm. Yeah. Kind of all very much about like all my focus was on what Finley was doing, particularly after, you know, watching him with Juice and that being such a great match and effectively like the story of their relationship really oh, we'll get there don't worry yeah, in a match so then then with the osprey thing it's like well i'm like well he ain't winning this one and then <laughs> like when he hit that last move and i'm like oh i can't believe he's about to pin him that's just insane but, yeah and the way he did it clean as a whistle that's yeah. Such a good point there, Dave. You, I didn't even think about it until you said it. Like in Juice, Shingo, Will, I was watching Finley. I was watching Finley way more than I was watching those guys. It's a really, really good thing like to point out right there because he has become that kind of guy where you you do want to watch what he's doing now because he's so much more interesting to watch. Like he's 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 figured something out that is really, really cool to sort of like watch as he goes about doing his wrestles. But doesn't that tell you how good those three guys are? Yeah. That they understood what the assignment was? Yeah. Yeah. That the job is to get Finley over and that, like, Will Will was selling for him like a boss. Wow. Fuck. So is Juice. I think that's what Juice is in this incarnation of this character at the moment. Like, he's hyper-aggressive and he sells like fucking crazy. Mm. And gets people over. I mean, he got Yoshihashi over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think that's, it kind of feels like that might be the story of the G1 thus far. Is just the, this, this almost like this sense of everyone in it together. Like they're all in it with an intent of this, like we've got, a, we've got some goals as a collective and we are going to do this. And a lot of the stuff that we'll talk about, I think is, is speaking to that very point that mm. it's not about, getting ourselves over we're going to go out and put on the greatest match you've ever seen in five stars seven stars whatever it's what are we trying to build for the future and this is our chance to 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 come back to to ground this and to try to build from the from the ground up again and to recapture what we were and to get to that point we're going to have to get a bunch of these guys to, to come with us you know we can't we can't just say well you're a main eventer now and that's what's going to happen we have to some of these guys yeah, you, have to, build it. you yeah. have to build it some of these guys you have that to create named, the foundation so that they can build from it yeah people would were, were mocking it like people yeah. mock some of these these names They're like well, what's that guy doing in the g1 like he doesn't like and it's like it's it's a it's like because in two years time in three years time when finley is a top name in new japan and he's a guy that can put on you know incredible matches and you're expecting him to put on incredible matches you look back to this point and say well, that's why he was put there. And that's why they all worked for him to get him to that point. And when it's Hanare's in the same spot, because these these older guys are not going to be here in two years' time. In three, they're not going to be here. And yeah. that's just the reality. And their styles and the way they've worked, it's not sustainable. And it was never sustainable. And anyone that wants to go back to 2017, 2018, they can go there and watch that. It's on New Japan World. It's great stuff. But it was never going to last at that level. But it doesn't mean it won't return. It just means that they have to put a concerted effort and a focus into rebuilding. Building some new stars, yeah. And if you can look, if tell, if anyone's concerned, look at Yuya Uramura, look at Ren Narita, look at Shuda Umino, look at Yoda Suji. There are guys out there 
that are coming back. They will be back. And they, Clark Connors, you, these guys, are they're ready. When given the ball, they're ready. But the fact of the matter is, and what's crazy about where New Japan is, is that they've got guys like Hanare and Finley who are, who are five, six years development ahead of those guys. Yeah. And they, their time is now. This is where their time is. And Finley is speaking nothing but truth to power. And he's saying, this is my year. This is It's finally my time. And he has been given the opportunity. And he knows, because if he does not hit the ball out of the park, that Yuya Uramura will take it from him. And he mm. knows that. Yeah. There is a class coming through that everyone yeah. knows. Everyone knows. That's a scary class. because that. Uh, and then, I mean, Oiwa as well. Like he got... And Fujita, who's 19, at, coming through. Oiwa, you're looking at like Tanahashi Okada, like blended into one dude. <laughs> one human who's 20 years old, been training for nine months. And look at him. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You know that the future is coming. And unless you're you're given opportunity, I can imagine how frustrating it would be for, for Juice, but in especially David Finley, to sit back and watch Jay White. I can only imagine how frustrated yeah. he's been. Because it's one, it's like one of his best friends is it's he's so he'd be so over the moon like this is awesome this guy's getting this everything that we he worked for he's getting but what about me and to sit there and have to deal with that and to be the indignity of people booing you when you're wrestling because people think you're going nxt and to have to continue to put up this thing of being considered a bit of a joke and a bit of a thing and you've and realizing that maybe you're part to blame in that process the the self-awareness the time it took, the, the ability to get away, maybe the break was great for him, whatever it was. Well, he's clearly, him and Hanare, Hanare have clearly put in work in yeah. that break time, yeah. like that break period, and, and figured out not just some characters, some shit, but some in-ring shit, uh, some promo stuff. They've figured things out and, and put themselves in that position ready to run with it when they've been given this opportunity. So it's... You yeah. gotta be, you gotta be happy about. Like, as yeah. I said, as a fan who's yeah. been watching this, the sort of the product not move for two and a half years, like being stuck in a position, to see that you're like, oh my god, they're they're going, they're putting the force behind this guy, and it would be such big, it'd be such big story in the sense of like, it's always a big story. It's like, oh, they, you know, when there's a youth movement happening and they're pushing these guys, like this is, this is what's happening now, and it's happening before our eyes, and I think to mm. some extent, um. It's not, and it's also not like he's putting on. It's also not like, oh, they're pushing a character, and the matches aren't as great. It's like they're great. Like yeah. they're in a, even in a vacuum, you could you could t- you could turn on Finley and Osprey in a vacuum. I don't know what Meltz will give, but he'll probably get four, four and three quarters. That's about his going. That's a going rate for an Osprey match these days. Oh, and for me too, it's like you positioned Finley this way. He's had these three cracker matches in a row. If he gets out of the block and gets through the semi and makes a final and ends up <laughs> in the G1 final against Jay White or something, like I would not be upset about that. I'm all for that. Yeah. And how crazy is that? Like, seriously, yeah. it's like there wouldn't be this. Uh, the only precedent for this is like maybe going all the way back to like Goto, where it's just like, <laughs> like when he won a G1, they're like, off you go. And the thing yeah. about that is in the um, in the Japanese public's eye, Goto's always a credible threat because he got that push. Yeah. They always know that Goto can beat anyone on any day on any day because he's proven it in the past and they don't forget. So giving Finley this opportunity, he they won't forget. Oh, I I am so happy that we're just showering so much love on Finley. Like 
at the start of it all. Stop an Enrid. We may as well just rename our show We Work Shillelagh. <laughs> I mean, like, it's one of those things where this this guy, because I can remember, Great Khan has been the guy that I've been wanting to watch the entire time. I've seen him. Finley has just, he's just, he's walked out of nowhere and just kicked the shit out of everything. And every match he's had, every night that he's been on has been one of my favorite matches. And we were actually talking about it, Red, because we were thinking about the same thing because we knew how much you're looking forward to seeing Great Khan. And he's been, he's been fine. He's just doing his thing. Yeah, he's been fine. He's fine. But he doesn't need the elevation because mm. he's already a sort of a commodity. People know and who Great Khan is. They know the character. They know he's been a tag champion. And they've sort of also remember he's low. He's in terms of class, in terms of tenure, yeah, he's, he's behind. He's, he's yeah. a class after. So he there's a there's a sense of like, well, Finley's should be getting the, the spot now. And it's pretty clear that most people going in thought, well, this is the year Great Khan's going to get the the run and i still don't i still hold out hope that he may be he may be one of the guys that beats jay white it's it's either him or tai chi you know that could be the other guy that gets him um and obviously tama but i it could happen and they give him one signature win and i would imagine in america if they did a you know a title defense in america great okan's a character that would be popular there he's he's being presented over there so he can get something out of the g1 but he doesn't need it as much as finley has needed it great because point. Going in, you're excited to see Grodo Khan. Mm, yeah. Like that's the point. You had expectation because Grodo Khan had been presented as something and had a had a bit of an allure. Finley, Finley was just Finley. Yeah. Right. So now it's like that that they've shown how much that the G1 can work to get a person over as opposed to, you know, in it's like I was used to say it about, you know, like the Royal Rumbles function, you know, was to tell all these different stories in, in one match and that you could make yourself a star in one night. The G one's not is like that, but it's you, have, you got a month and a half to do it, and I think that's what Finley is here to do. Is he's been he's here to be made a star, yeah. in six weeks. <clears throat> yeah. Well, he's done it in a week. Yeah, I know. Yeah, in his last week, <laughs> his last oh, week, yeah. Yeah. he has transformed himself. He did it in twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think there's one match that he did it. There's one match where it was pretty clear. It was like, oh, we everyone that. It, it was amazing being on Twitter. It was amazing being in Discord servers and seeing people being like, I was wrong. You know, like mm. people going like, we're wrong. Like this is a fair mm. fucks to you. Not just, not just juice. Like juice is another one that obviously people were, were sort of over juice. Like he'd got, he'd sort of gotten to a point where people thought he's got nothing left to do. When juice announced his retirement, people said, yeah, it's probably, probably a good thing. He's probably, there's no, there's nowhere else for him where to go. Else go. Yeah. yeah. It was like, where else you go? And they're like, and, and Finley can probably go after NXT. And like, there was such an afterthought. Mm. And the fact that we can get to a point now where we can be like their main event in Corican and they are the hottest story in new Japan pro wrestling right now. They worked everyone, both yeah. of them, both of them did it. Like, they knew they're fucking smarter than a shithouse rat. Like they knew what they were doing. And it's, it is stunning to see. I am. Yeah. The praise that we're shouting high. I, you can't like, this was, it was by design. The blackout happened by design because once the Finley thing happened, this became the show about Finley. It's like, we're here to have fun. And it's just, it's, I, I, but this is what it's all about. Like you can go to other shows. that are going to talk about all the different matches. Fuck that. Get your D's out for the D block. D's out for David. 
This is this is Finley. Yes, get your days out, for, get your D's out yeah. for David. And that's that's what I want to see. D's in the <laughs> chat, people. Yeah, flutes yeah, for Finley. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I just think like it's it's the stuff that you watch this for. Like it's like lightning in a bottle. And if you do if you do have a podcast where you just go through match by match by match, that's really cool too. That's really hundred percent. Cool. They have, they serve a function. It's just not the function that we serve. That's why we complement the New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast no, I'm just, market. Just, I'm just passing it on. I love you guys too. That's good. Yes, but fuck you, Joel. But nonetheless, <laughs> follow me, Joel. That's going to be my thing. I'm going to change it from like the unfollowable Josh, which is like the ingovernable, to now instead of expect me, it's going to be follow me. Follow, <laughs> follow me. We're, I'm off Jay now. It's all Finley. Sorry, Jay. <laughs> you can have him, Dave. So far for me, Jay's T1 has kind of, I'm, I'm thinking the second half is going to be far more compelling and interesting than the first half has been. There's a, there's a, there's a little story in there. But that seems to be the that seems to be the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The story of the G1 a little bit though, isn't it? It's like, okay, yeah. let's just dip our toes in and uh, establish some stuff. And now, like, and we sort of said it last week, this is the week where it'll start, things will start to get interesting. Yeah. And last night really proved that. But I mean, it all, for me, it all kicked off with the, my boy of the week was, <laughs> was Juice. And it all kicked off with that Juice and Finley match. You're going to combine the discussion, Dave? That we were going yeah, to yeah, you're coming from the other direction. Might as well, really. Combine it. You can combine it. Yeah, might as well. The, the ropes are being connected, Red. What's happening? Well, I mean... We're, we're blowing this segment up, so you know, <laughs> this segment is being exploded. How do, you, how, do you, how do you talk about it without really talking about what it is? Go into it. Just from a character's perspective, I'm... I like this. I, this version of Juice is sort of exactly what I was hoping it would be. Yeah. And uh, he's in particularly in that Finley match where he's combining that that full on aggressiveness, which you also saw in the Yoshihashi match, but in the Finley one in particular, and you know a lot to do with the history of the tag team breaking up. Um, but that real chicken shit heel stuff that he was doing, like, you know, the, oh, no, like the flair, no, 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 please, and sort of pleading and... Please, baby, baby, please. Yeah. and, Coward. you know, in watching that, I'm just like, well, this is what the Rockers breakup should have been. <laughs> and... Uh, this is what every tag team breakup should ultimately aim to be, right? Yeah, well, really, because... It always with a tag team breakup, often the case is, and like the Rockers one is like that perfect example of it, where like one comes away looking really cool and interesting, and the other one kind of comes away looking like the same sort of dude or much the wearing same, the same Dax, wearing the same Dax, like you know, uh, you know, whether it's Tito Santana against Strike Force. <laughs> Strike Force is back. Yes, yes, yes we know the podcast. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Tito Santana and Rick Martel, you know, they got they split up. And Martel was far more interesting as the model. And he got he got a great kind of heel gimmick out of it. And Tito was, you know, wore the same Dax for a long period of time and was pretty bland and boring and then become El Matador, like you know, another death. Um, death gimmick. That was that was a true um, death crawl gimmick. That was like the, the yeah. last, 
the last sounds of life as he left the company. Yeah. And, you know, we're at a point now with this breakup of this tag team where Juice gets the cool gimmick. He's rock hard. He's joined Bullet Club. He's the edgy guy. And he's he's so over the top um, and extroverted in so many ways. But, and I'm not, I think there's still more things you can roll out with Finley as far as a gimmick goes. But he he's not, he's, he's not like the placid baby face anymore. He's, he's just as aggressive as shown in that match. Like they're going up like crazy after each other's injuries, Finley with the shoulder and Juicy's hand. Like he was like biting Juicy's hand at one point, the very beginning of the match, they're both getting stuck into red shoes about like start the fucking match and getting up him, throwing each other into the guard rails. So they're like mimicking each other this whole way through kind of telling the story of them as a tag team that's how I was viewing it um and we were sort of talking yesterday about like the duality between the two characters like is they're effectively they're like one in the same in a lot of ways but what's what's the difference between the two of them and um and juice being that he he needed to go to Bullet Club to elevate his star to this next level, whereas whereas uh, Finley is doing it at this stage on his own, like a lone wolf, mm. and he and he's doing it legit, uh, you know, like clean wins over all these top level guys. Whereas Juice is trying to trying to cheat, trying to grab the tights, trying to hit people with the belt, um, and not Finley's- the. Finley's not against that either. Not that Finley's not against it either, but he he's not doesn't seem to be the instigator or the first to do it, particularly in that match. Anyway, that 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 was sort of like the overarching sort of stuff that I saw in that match, and um, you know, just being like the memorable guy, the star of the two of them when they were Finn yeah, Juice. Always was going to be the Sean. Everyone viewed him as the Sean. Yeah. Yeah, and and now to have to, to have them come to this point, and you know, going in, you look at them, his, him as the Sean, Finley as the Marty, but now we're at a point now where like suddenly we've got two Shawns. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember that happening in tag team before. Yeah, not not obviously. I mean, there's obviously famous examples in sort of, you know, obviously New Japan sort of tag teams that have two individual guys that have come together as to form a tag team, but not in a sense of like a two guys that came up together as sort of the pairing and that ultimately you always saw that one guy was going to go off and be the big star. And remember like Juice was a, was a like the story was Juice had sort of gone off and won the, the US belt and done his own thing. And he sort of came back and he almost placated and sort of like, like, Finley can come and join. We'll, we'll create a team now. And well, it's like he he almost like stepped down, stepped back. Yeah, stepped back to Finley's level. They won. They won the IWGP tag yep. titles, mate. They won. So they and they the won the tag, tag league. Belt. Yep. <clears throat> they won the tag league, and it was like, oh, well, this is what we're doing now because there's no story for me. It was almost like it's like Brett and Owen. Mm. You know, like where Brett went back to be with Owen. And Owen resented Brett for doing it because it's like, we're going to be a tag team for the rest of my career. The famous Brett line will be a tag team for the rest of my career. And Owen being like, and now we're a team. It's onwards and upwards, Brett. And it's like where 
ultimately Owen was like committed to fuck this, you know, like, but in this story, the story is of juice. What I I'm, I'm with you, Dave. I I was picking up on those dualities too, because I was like, why is, what is, because I was trying to figure out what is Finley? Cause it was like, he hit the man in the head with a shillelagh. And it's like, that's not exactly yeah. the most baby face approach to engage, you know? Also, one of my favorite blocks to a shillelagh. Dunk. Yeah, right on the belt. <laughs> I, thought, I thought they cracked the belt then. It was a loud hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah fucking juice in that belt, right? They're always ruining the fucking US belt. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, you know, I was like, he's super aggressive. There was things from early on and people were like, we, we were speculating because when he lost to Udro Finley, he went back up and he walked up the entrance. He didn't go to the loser's entrance. He walked straight back up and he's continued to do it. He walks alone. He goes his own way. And it's like this, what's, what is, what is this character? And it's like, is he the, I was like, is he the antithesis of, of juice? Is he meant to be like the opposite of juice? And then I was like, and then I, I was with you in the same way. I was watching that match. I'm like, but they are these, like, they are like the opposite side of the same coin. They're like doing yeah. the same stuff. And yet one guy is the heel and one guy is the baby face, but they're, but they're both doing the thing. I'm like, well, what, what's the difference? And it's like juice needs like juice is a tremendous talker. He's always been a great talker. That's his thing. And his whole thing seems to be built on bravado. Like his whole idea is I'm going to do this. But when he, when push comes to shove, he's super aggressive. He's hyper violent. I was saying to you when we're watching it, I've never seen, I haven't seen too many characters in pro wrestling that are mean, that mm. are like, that are just Yeah, he's like mean. trying to hurt people. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's just being, and he's saying things and doing, it's, he's just mean. Like, it's like, oh, you don't have to be that, you don't have to be that way. Like, come on now. Yeah. And, but then when he gets, un, when he gets under pressure and he, he gets, his, his true colors came out and he's, he's a coward. He's scared. And it's like, it's almost like it's coming from fear of like this, this, I, I had to leave because I, I, I want to be this guy. I want to be the best guy so much, but I don't know if I can be. It's like yeah. this, whereas Finley knows that yeah. he can be the guy. <laughs> yeah, Finley is, uh, he knows himself. That's what's coming out. Finley is what Juice professes to be. be yeah. And he's always been that. And he's been held down by that. And that dynamic is so interesting. And the other element is they're using the superstar that is Juice. They know Juice is a star. They are using him and he is willing and willfully going to, he's going to debase himself to elevate his brother, basically. Like that's why that's why the the inject like the elevation here of Finley is super interesting and fun to me because I now I, now all I want to see is what the interaction between Juice, uh, sorry, uh Finley and Jay is going to be. Yeah. Like when's how's that going to come about, and what will happen there, and how will Juice get involved in that? And I mean, what does that mean for Jay? And we, we kind of touched on that. What that could potentially mean for a Jay face turn down the line, mm. and maybe maybe Finley, maybe him and Finley start. So anyway, Finn Jay. Finn Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Expect to breathe. Yes. Yeah. You better hope for it. Yeah. <laughs> but. It's just something this those three are being that they're they're all sort of dancing around together there. There's something going on there. Well, where... it's too, it's like so this change in character of juice, I feel like without even having a match between them or without even like juice 
winning the world title or whatever kind of really brought juice up to jay's level mm. and now i feel like juice has just done the same thing for finley and brought him up to that level as well so now you've got you're going to have coming out you're going to have the three of them at that high level and they affirmed it because it was like oh like oh great match he got yeah. to a high level up to then he beat shingo so then now he's beaten two former recent former champions yeah we elevate him and then we affirm it no this, yeah. is, this is for real this is who he is now we are telling you that's where he belongs at this spot i want that program i want juice i want juice and finley to explore this as far as they can go as a way to ground this as like it will help it's going to help juice's character because no verb no there's been no better character like to understand who juice is than when he wrestled finley mm. and i remember having a chat to someone on twitter saying about oh does does bullet club like need juice again like do they need another guy that's going to be like a swearing cheating whatever and i was saying on the surface, like when you look at a surface level of what Juice Robinson's character is, okay, he's a he's a loud, obnoxious, cheating, whatever. But that's just at a surface level. If you look at the nuance of the way that he works, and if you watch the Finley match, that's where you realize this character is he is he's like what Jay White was when Jay first turned. Yeah. Where he's all so much talk, so much bravado, but he's a wimp. Like he's scared, he's concerned. And when obviously when Jay went away and got away from Gato and was on his own, Jay's confidence grew and he knew that he could handle himself and he didn't need Gato and didn't need these things. And when he came back, he's a much more assured guy. He's much more assured in himself. He's much more open to being having people around him, which will ultimately be his downfall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and whereas Juice is in the position of, I don't trust anybody. I don't want anyone around me. I can't trust myself. I can't trust the referee. I can't trust. And I am scared of all of this thing. So I will bottle it all up. Yeah. So that's also bringing out that hyperviolence. Yes. In too, yeah. Like a, like a, like a cornered wounded animal. And he is seeking to lash out. But at the moment it comes back, he reverts to that fear of I'm going to be caught out. Whereas Finley is a predator and he is, yeah. and he is being able to reveal himself as this character of like, you have, you have held me down. The, the, the story, I love the story being that for so long, everyone thought that Finley was holding juice back. Yeah, what yeah. was really happening was the other thing, other way around. And I think that is a ballsy move to take because it, it requires you to basically say, we trust juices character work enough that he'll be fine in this presentation but finley needs to be able to showcase himself and i thought in that match everything about the way they did it it was brutal and vicious and ugly there were moments in those there was uncomfortable the pile driver and the and the, yeah, uh, the yeah, yeah. fucking the elbow to the head on your way down son and it was just like they thought they were the last it was like they went the last five minutes of kenta and goto but they did it for 25 you know like they just beat the absolute <laughs> shit out of each other and you were just like and and they were talking shit and they were spitting at each other and they were yeah. just oh like you, you were you like it of, goes it goes to show that they must be really close friends if they're willing to just slag on each other <laughs> yeah. snot actual yeah. snot not on like, each other oh yeah. boys it's like they've 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 done worse than that yeah. in hotel rooms. I'm imagining. I mean that that particular spot too with Juice as he's going, uh, please, Davy, 
I, I mean, I was laughing my ass off over that bit. You know, but it's in the middle of a super, super intense match. Just that little tiny thing from Juice showing that he's a, like, a chicken shit heel and all he's that a coward, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, only moments before he's yelling, yeah, fuck you, David Feely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, because, and that's the part about where Juice is a character, you can just think, what, like, what is he? Like, and I remember saying this to you, I was like, there's been so many people, so many people in the last 20 years that have tried to do a Brian Pillman-like character, right? Like, and they have missed the point of what a Brian mm. Pillman character was. They think, oh, edgy, shoot. I'm going to shoot, brother, and I'm going to do that stuff. The, the, the best version of loose cannon Brian Pillman was, I think he's unhinged. Like, I don't mm. know what he's going to do. And Juice has got those elements of just he's unhinged. And mm. it, whether it's like whether it was the decision that they did at Corican just to swear for twenty, like I don't know what him and Jay were on that oh, day, yeah. but they decided they're, they're, like they had a swear jar competition going on backstage or whatever. But yeah. and then and then in the ring they're like fuck, fuck you, fuck you, motherfucker, fuck, fuck, and it's just like they went tungaloa, they went full tungaloa, and it was like I'm not sure what the goal was there to, but this idea of of like you can't restrain me. You won't hold me back. You won't stop me from being this thing. I'm taking the belt. I'm de- But that whole story of taking the belt, and that's an important point to make with these two guys as well. Like you talked about the duality of that. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Jeez, I'm going to take, take this belt and the delusion of the man, like that's oh, yeah. the story. The yeah. delusion of I'm the champion because I, but, it, but I was thinking, Oh, they're doing that played out fucking story of like who's the real champ, right? That was and everyone's everyone's sitting back going, ah, oh, yeah, they're doing the who's going to be the real champ storyline. And so we all thought that's the story of the, the, the tournament. That's what they're going to do. It's going to lead to eventually they're going to wrestle at the end of it, and then the belts there, like, and then and the and the thing was, oh, he's delusional. That's the that's the character of Juice. He's a delusional guy. Where it's 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 not that at all. It's like he's uh he's a small man, like he's a like he is a weak man. Like that is the character he is going with. I am a sad little man who has to resort to the cruelest and the basest instincts in order to try to prove my manliness versus the little, the little boy that everyone thought couldn't, you know, in Finley, who was like, I'm a real man because I will stand alone and I will do this thing and I will take that belt off you and I will proclaim myself a champ as much as you are but I, like a real man i will give it back because mm. i know that you will i know that when you wrestle me i will beat you for it i don't need to be scared of you because i know like yeah, it's also like he didn't have those same shenanigans against shingo he's only had them against the two mm. guys that he's wrestled that he thought were beneath him in finley and yoshihashi uh, yoshihashi and when they've stood up to him that's when he's become the coward yeah. But with Shingo, it was like, oh, you know, it was it was a bit of a di- like yeah, the character stuff wasn't at the same level because Shingo's a former world champ and Shingo's well respected. Everyone knows how good fucking Shingo is. Because because if he loses to Shingo, he's no one's concerned about that. They don't they don't yeah. say he shouldn't. But if he loses to Finley, if he loses to Yoshihashi, he loses to Finley and Yoshi, he yeah. the Yoshi It's considered a failure. Yeah, and it's like he's so he's so paranoid and he's so transfixed and he's so scared about being perceived as being weak that he's like, it's, it's a new, like I said, there is layers to this here onion that they have put a lot of time and thought into these. Like 
when they were crafting these characters, they were crafting them together. Yeah. And we all thought it was Juice being like off. I thought like, oh, poor Finley. Every, we were all saying it. it was like, oh, yeah. fucking poor Finley. And maybe Finley would join Bullet Club to be with Juice. Like that's how yeah, people yeah, yeah. were like. I'm pretty sure we said that. I'm pretty sure I said we that. Did. We yeah. did. No, I, I said Empire, but I don't think that's happening now either. Because <laughs> he ain't joining the fucking faction <laughs> where he beat the guys. I don't it. think Osprey and him are going to be on speaking terms. No, I don't think so. Finley, Finley looks like right now like he could start his own faction. Like he looks like a leader. Yeah. Well, too, mm-hmm. like the history that he has with Shooter as well. I was like, hmm, Death Riders. Because he's like wrestling like one of those kind of like guys as well like so aggressive yeah you know, doesn't mind breaking some rules he's a rebel he's got a he's got a history with shooter he's a rebel i i find it really weird how like you know with like how things line up this is going to sound a little bit weird but like i've been listening to a lot of um william regal's podcast um gentleman yep. villain and in that he talks a lot about fit finley and you know watching fit finley and wrestling fit finley and I've only ever seen Fit Finley from the WWE and maybe some WCW stuff. So it actually led me towards going down a bit of a rabbit hole online on YouTube and finding some really old Fit Finley from like, you know, the UK. And it's insane just how good Fit Finley and his style was back in that day. And I, and I actually legit went down this rabbit hole and I recommend anyone to go and check out any kind of English style, like, you know, British pro wrestling, but Fit Finley was amazing. and it, World of sport. World of sport, yeah. But it's so cool that at the same time, I'm watching Fit Finley randomly, but his son, you know, is also unexpectedly coming out and just like, you know, taking the ball and just running with it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's great. Becoming a bigger star than his dad. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's hints of character there, not just like the, you know, the country identity. Um, mm-hmm. How that transpires, I, feel, I still feel like the Dax don't fit what he's becoming as a personality, like what he's presenting himself as. It's all very uh, peacock jizz, but but um, I think that'll that'll kind of come in within with time. Well, I don't think I don't think Finley hits as hard as a surprise if he comes as a complete package like juice did yeah exactly you know yeah. like if he if he turns up at the beginning of the g1 he's got this whole new look and everything and it'd be it'd be like oh is he going to be different where it's like this time no one expected him to be different he goes out and wrestles Yudro and has as you said he was he was fine in that match but it was i was more pissed like oh fuck they've just basically come back and he's losing to Yudro. that's where they see him yeah you know? yeah that was the wrong choice yeah yeah but that was again it's I, that's what I love. Everything is by design. Every decision they're making was by design. They knew that they had to get him. They had to one hit for new for G one math. He had to lose, so they lose there. It's the first match. He's he's done through shenanigans, so it's not like he loses clean. He loses in a fucked fashion. No one remembers it really. No one talks about it now. Like it's it's in the fucking it's 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 forgotten. It's past tense. It's literally his past tense. <laughs> Is that being edited out? <laughs> no, it can't be now. It's been entered. That's tag teaming against me. This is a fucking travesty. But in any case, the the idea of that was to if you put him against Yudro now, it would derail his momentum. Like yeah. he's 
So it's by design to get that position out of the way to establish him to now go forward. I, as I said, I still fully like, ex- I, like I expect him to not make the final or not make the same. I don't expect him to win the block. If he yeah. does, I will be so All happy. I'll be so yeah. for it. But this is not how they typically do it. They're doing in a shortened form. They're doing what they did with like a Mox when he was in the G1 where he won yeah. six straight and then oh, lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, four or five, and then he just then he then he hit hit the Yano, and then from the Yano on, he just he flamed out, you mm. know. And that's normally what they do to elevate a character, but they've got us believing that it's possible, you know. Like, mm. and 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 rooting and rooting hundred percent, like hundred percent. If this podcast has proven anything, it's we are 100% behind David Finley. Yeah, he's a boy now. He is such a boy. Oh, We've oh, adopted your boy. Oh. Every Your boy is a boy of the world, Red. He's now... Oh, Finley works stiff. Yeah. We yeah. work Finley, and that's we all we do me. all the time. Finley works me. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's... <laughs> yes. Work me, Finley. Work me. Uh, <laughs> wow. But as you said, Dave, I just think that there's there's more to this than just being the elevation of one man. That this is just this is also Juice's story. That the D block, and let's let's not let's not forget that we still have Finley versus El Fantasmo to come, and the story that can be told there, and the potential oh, if yeah. they want to if they want to push El Fantasmo as well. Yeah, he gets the win over the guy. He got the three big wins in a row. And yeah. Jay's Jay's right hand man in in Bullet Club, the way that fin, the way that El Fantasmo tells the story. Yeah. <laughs> Him and Jay, or you know, we're, we're in the group chat talking, and we're we're at lunch talking, and we're doing this stuff talking. He's the guy that he thinks Juice has usurped his little spot. Like I'm the guy that's supposed to be the I'm Jay's guy. What's happening here? Um, there's something going there. If you want to, if you want to do that, let's go there. Let's. And as I said, who knows what they do in that match? And there's so many ways they can go. There's so many ways. Like you could go. Juice comes out to fuck over Finley because he's he wants to help El Fantasmo win the match. Bullet Club brother comes out, fucks it up. El Fantasmo loses. Finley wins the block, and Juice is fucked over El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo says, "What the fuck's happening here?" And off we go. Bullet Club has their issues. We could have El Fantasmo get the win over Finley, which is what Juice couldn't do. Yeah. Which then El says then El Fantasmo says, "Well, Jay, why are you?" Why are you worried about this Juice Robinson guy? I'm the guy that's yeah. I beat I beat him. Yeah, I beat him. So you've got the dynamics at play there. So Finley's role in this is not just to get himself to a point. It's to also, it's also yeah. to propel that key Bullet Club story that's out there because yeah. he's that guy that sits. He's the rebel. He's the guy outside of the club that has as much connection to the guys in it as anybody else. He has more connection to Jay White than any of those so-called friends in the Bullet Club. Mm. and i've always said you know it's been a story about we talked about it years ago it was like when i used to think the five on jay's pants represented the five of his class you know that i was like when he gets kicked out he's going to be betrayed by all of his so-called friends and he's going to have to go back to the people that he can trust and now juice has proven to be one of those guys he won't be able to trust but finley is will be that one guy that he was the guy with him at, from the very beginning that those two were together from the very beginning. And it's like, if I'm going to get booted out and go back baby face, maybe I have to go join back up with Finley. If Finley starts his own faction and makes yo interesting. 
Yeah. He's, he should win wrestler of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame career instantly. Yeah. But yeah. don't you think that Jay and Finley are think sitting around saying, like they'd be looking at Yo, Finley be looking at Yo the same way, like, come on, we can get come on, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Let's like, do this. Because they're all boys. They're all the. They're all like you can't go through a dojo system and not come out literally like brothers. Or well, even like the other day when Yo was on commentary and Jay was coming out in that tag match, he's like, "Oh hi, Yo." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that's the that's the part that that system allows is these. It's it's always there. They're always tied together, no matter how they wherever they go, their their history is linked. You know and. Can I just make one more point? It's actually really cool with Finley too that um, if they are giving him a push, that they're giving someone of Irish descent a push in New Japan because that'll be a first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they need to. They've never given anyone Irish a chance. You know, it's always been an issue. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, interestingly, Finley was like, "I'm from Atlanta, Georgia." You know, mm. so Finley was like, "I'm I'm bringing that US title back home." It's like it, there's not. He, he's like, I'm not doing the Irish Dax. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. No worry. That fucking clover away from me. Yeah, get that shit away. I got a shillelagh because it's the old yeah. man's. That's as far as I'm fucking going. Like, and I um, like to fight. Does Finley? Just a side note, just to go off on another tangent, David. There's a pit that you talked about about um, the shooter connection. Does Mox have any connection with Finley? Like, other than Regal? Like, that's interesting. That could be interesting. Don't know. Because like, from the training back in there, I, I would be fascinated to know because if they could tie some sort of narrative. He didn't say anything about it in his book. No, I don't remember him talking. He, Regal, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know Regal and Finley have connected. So maybe there's some tangential, maybe they do some like weird tangential thing. Maybe Mox will bring Death Rider, Death Rider Regal will come in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And they'll recruit Fit Finley and, uh, and Juice will come along as well. I don't know. Bring all the dads. Fucking bring the dads. Bring yeah. them in. Uh, like, oh, I mean, well, Fit Finley's testicles have gotten over on New Japan Pro Wrestling, so why can't the rest of him get over, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was that was a lot of we, fun. We don't... This is, the, this is the crazy thing about hitting the ropes. We just... You don't have to ask me any more questions. Like, I don't have to answer any more questions. We just literally... Oh, well, we fucking hit the ropes pretty hard, I reckon. We hit the ropes yeah. just then. We hit no, the uh, ropes. Yeah, no one talked about any of my people. That's fine. <laughs> Everyone, it's like you've hit the ropes pretty. Do you hard want to just... talk about one of your guys before we go? Yeah. We just have a Finley off today. Well, we could, we can, because my, my, I, it's fine. You can stick to the Finleys. Ah, uh, guys. Well, what a great show that was. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I, it's been a big journey we've gone on. We've discovered that Finley is now a boy, and uh, I actually think that uh, Alex. And Alex Shelley and uh, Finley should be a tag team. They should call themselves Alex Shillelagh. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Red. Very good. So happy Tuesday to everyone, the 2nd <laughs> August. And uh, wherever you are listening to this, in your car, mm. on your way to work, you could be coming back from work to the gym, in the bathtub. Either way, just hope you're all having a great day and a happy lunch. Yeah, you, you're like Finley from the past, Red. you got that many gimmicks you got to get in. You just got like 18 gimmicks in an intro. I've got to get every one of them in. Oh, no, you guys are just brilliant. You guys are just really good at what you talk about. I mean, I'm, I'm, I like to think that I'm good at rhyming words together. 